0: Look at his movements—the most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. What a goal! Sensational! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. The world is left to wonder, wide-eyed, thrilled, bemused. How on earth did that happen?
1: Hello, everybody. And welcome to Wonder Goal Live. This is the Action Network Soccer Betting Show. My name is Michael Leboff. I am your host. And as always, I will be joined by my friends, my co-hosts, my colleagues, Anthony DeBundo and BJ Cunningham. But before I bring in those two wonderful gentlemen, just a reminder, Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey, Colorado. Bet $1 on any game get $200 free BJ Anthony. The three of us are going to preview the next three match days in the world cup. That's Wednesday, big Wednesday, Thursday, Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. And then of course, black Friday, we'll start with our favorite bets. Then we'll talk about the marquee matchups, which of course includes a huge tilt between the Americans and the English on Friday afternoon. Uh, And then we'll wrap things up with some quick fire bets that we like, but We're going to start at the top. We're going to start with your favorite bets. We're going to start with BJ. What do you got for us?
0: I like Spain. Minus two at minus 120 against Costa Rica. We talked about Spain quite a bit on our preview shows. They're one of the more talented teams in this entire World Cup field, especially in the midfield with the amount of depth that they have. Guys like Gavi. Pedri, Rodri, Sergio Busquets, the list just goes on and on and on. And they take a lot of the principles of what Pep Guardiola does at Manchester City. Their midfielders, their attackers, their wingers are so intelligent at making runs into the box, at finding space in between the lines. They're one of the more possession dominant teams in the world cup field. They're also the most accurate passing team in the world cup. So they are very, very difficult to get the ball off of. And it's one of the reasons why you also saw them create 16.7 expected goals in six matches at the euros. They're an incredible offense throughout world cup qualifying and the euros. They had a plus 1.35 expected goal differential per 90 minutes. That was second best in Europe behind only Spain, Costa Rica. Well, Michael, they're really, really lucky to be here. They ran incredibly hot defensively during CONCACAF qualifying. They conceded eight goals off of 20.2 expected. They just rode the coattails of Taylor Navas, who was just in incredible form in net for them now at the age of 35. They take the term park the bus quite literally. They're going to put 10 guys in the box. They're going to try to block a ton of shots. They're going to basically play NHL penalty kill. And every time they get the ball, they're just going to clear it up the pitch and they're going to set up and they're going to try to block some more shots. But guess what? That can maybe work against the teams like the United States, Mexico and Canada, but not against one, an elite, elite attacking side like Spain with one of the best strikers in the world (laughs) in Alvaro Morata. So I like Spain minus two at minus 120. Also, I wouldn't, I would tell people it doesn't hurt to chase a big price on Spain on the spread or on their team total as well. I think this is going to be a big, big time route for Spain because they actually created over three expected goals in every group stage match at the Euros. And those were a lot better teams than this Costa Rican team. So Spain minus two at minus 120 for me.
1: Los Ticos, Costa Rica are 22 to one. That's uh, a little ominous given what happened today with Saudi Arabia upsetting Argentina just around that same price. Spain and Costa Rica, 11 a.m. on Wednesday. I'm going to stay on Wednesday for my favorite bet, 8 a.m. kickoff. Germany and Japan. I like Samurai Blue. I like the Japanese, plus 650 on the money line. This comes down to a stylistic play for me. Germany is a very aggressive team. They're going to bomb guys forward. Everybody on the field is looking to get forward when they have the ball. But when they're not in possession, they're a bit of a mess. And that plays right into Japan's hands. They love to press high. They love to force turnovers and then spring quick counters. They're a very frenetic, thrilling team to watch. I think they're one of the more exciting teams for a neutral. Like If you're just going to tune in, even if you don't have money on the game, it's an 8 a.m. kickoff. Have a, have a cup of coffee. You might not need the cup of coffee because Japan is so exciting to watch. We love this team. I think that they're definitely worth a sprinkle on the money line. You have less of an appetite for risk. A play on the spread is also worth it. But for me, I'm going big or going home. And I'm going to do my best to nail it with Japan plus 650. Anthony, your favorite bet for these next three match days.
2: Yeah, bright and early, 5 a.m. Eastern, Wednesday, tomorrow morning. Morocco plus a half, minus 125 against Croatia. We'll keep the underdog in the morning theme. Alive and going. Morocco had the best underlying numbers in African World Cup qualifying. If you've listened to our podcast or you've listened to us talk about this World Cup, you know we're all in on Morocco and think that they are a live underdog to get out of this group as well. Croatia, yes, they made the World Cup final in 2018. Yes, they still have uh, Marcelo Brozovic, Luka Modric, and Mateo Kovacic. But you look around the rest of this team outside of that engine room midfield, and there's not that much to really like. Ivan Perisic, perfectly fine left winger, even though he's in an advanced age too. The striker decision, a little bit of an interesting one. I'm assuming that they're going to go to kramerich but kramerich has been producing pretty below his recent standards in the Bundesliga, averaging right around 0.3, 0.4 XG per 90 in the Bundesliga. Some question marks about him, Nikola Vlasic on the other wing, some question marks about how much production they're going to get from him, and the defense also doesn't have the kind of talent that it had four years ago. So, Guardiol, expect him to start, but Lavrin likely to again feature for Croatia in the back line. So, there are some question marks about this Croatia team. Really love Morocco. I think this comes down to the wide areas that's going to decide this match. Nasir Masrawi from Bayern and Ashraf Akimi might be the best attacking fullback pair in this entire tournament. And then, of course, Akim Ziek, you know, returning to the Moroccan side after about a year away from international football. They were excellent in the combinations in January. And they were dominant in World Cup qualifying. I like Morocco to get a result here and make this officially kick off the Group of Chaos in Group F.
1: All right, from there, we'll talk about some marquee matchups over the next three days. And we have to start England minus 188 taking on the United States. They're five to one of on the money line. to draw here is plus 320. This is a 2 p.m. kickoff on Black Friday. Some injury concerns for both sides. I think nothing official out of the U.S. camp yet. We saw a bunch of players take some knocks and they were just brutally tired by the end of that match with Wales England Harry Kane going for a look at his ankle Harry Maguire he's also a questionable BJ does that change your thoughts here England USA what is your favorite bet
0: I mean if Harry Maguire is going to be out that obviously changes quite a few things for England because he is their number one striker and they don't really have somebody like him to put in through the side of I mean, Callum Olsen has been fine for Newcastle but he's not putting up productive numbers like Harry Kane is now listen Michael Everybody knows how much I love England. And I think that football is finally coming home. And if you're a neutral, if you're one of the many listeners we have listening outside of the United States of America, I'm going to tell you, there's some value on England right now against the United States team that, like you mentioned, they look gassed in the second half and the tactical changes that Wales was able to make and really, really punish the United States. I mean, what we have one or two shots essentially after we had the Timothy way a goal, it was kind of embarrassing. I mean, we, we pressed Wales high really, really nicely in the first half and Wales just kind of took it to us for the entire second half. And, you know, obviously the, the penalty, it is what it is, but it was kind of just a culmination of, of Wales and the way they're able to threaten the United States penalty area. What really concerns me here for the United States is listen, we have a wonderful young core that's playing across Europe, but we really haven't had to sit in, play a low block and defend for a majority of the match against an elite attacking side like in England. So that really, really concerns me. And if you look at what England, even from the euros until now, what's been the missing piece and what was so good about them against Iran, who obviously plays very, very defensive, the line breaking passes from Jude Bellingham, the runs that he was able to make inside the box and the way that England's attackers were able to find that half space in between the lines of the, of the four, four, two from Iran. It was just incredible. And if they're able to do that throughout this entire World Cup, and especially if the United States is going to sit in a low block, it's really, really concerning to me if the United States is actually going to be able to defend that with Tim Rehm and Walker Zimmerman. So, again, I'm not going to bet against my country. I'm going to sit and I'm going to root for the United States, and I hope they win. But it's purely from a numbers standpoint. Like, there is value in England. England is still one of the best teams in the world, whether you two want to admit it or not. It's hard to tell which which one of these
1: is your country, with the way you talk about England on our I podcast mean, listen, okay. and coming into the World Cup.
0: But we we could pull off an upset here, just like we did in 1776. But you know, it looked unlikely then, and it looks unlikely now. But guess what? Miracles can happen.
2: What do you think uh, the England money line was in uh, the Revolutionary War? Ooh, probably higher. Probably higher than this. Probably like, higher yeah. than this
0: one. I would imagine.
2: Yeah, Close, so closer
1: closer to what we saw with Argentina and Saudi Arabia <laughs> uh, this morning. Anthony, if you are like BJ and You think that England is the value side. You're being asked to pay a little bit of a premium here, I think, off of their performance against Iran, which I will remind you, came against Iran. Like that was, you know, they look great. And we always talk about how England has had trouble uh, with those kind of teams in tournaments past, uh, but it still was Iran. Do you think the Three Lions could have some trouble with the United States, with the American attack? And, And how is that playing into how you're betting this one?
2: I I think BJ thinks it's going to be like a five, no route. I don't see that, but I do think that that the United States defense does have some concerns here. Like BJ mentioned, I think they have not gone up against an an attack with the amount of quality that the England uh, attack does. And the even potentially bigger concern, you mentioned the exhaustion and the tiring out after an hour. Okay, well, England has five subs available. And they have much more depth than we do. And so I think that's the other concern here is that as the game wears on, England can go to their bench and they're not going to have really much of a drop off in quality. Whereas, you know, the United States brought on Haji Wright and Jordan Morris into that match uh, on Monday. I don't know what the status of Gia is. I would love to see him in this match because I think from a stylistic point of view, this is something we've hit on since the beginning of the World Cup. You know, Wales was very narrow. They said, we're going to take away the middle. And we're going to force you to you know, progress the ball up the wings. And Musa went to the left and McKennie went to the right. And that was the whole entire ball progression plan was we're going to get the ball up the wing and we're going to cross it to nobody. And then the attack broke down. The one time they got the attack up the middle was the pool of sick combining the Sergeant getting way in behind. It was great, but that's not the setup or the tactical plan against England because England's going to have more of the ball. They're going to have more of the, of the chances and more of the possession. How does the U S set up as a countering team when they have their personnel, their strongest area is guys like Aronson, who I expect may start this match because of his pressing. Aronson and Pulisic and even Weah, who are excellent dribblers with the ball at their feet, excellent runners. Musa, excellent ball carrier. They can potentially get at this England defense. And I think that's where the United States is a little bit more live to at least score. And so I bet both teams to score, yes, at a minus 100, you can find that anything minus 110 or better is fine. I think both teams are going to score in this match. I do see it as a 2-1, maybe 3-1 England win in the end. I think the, the number's about right with the, with the uh, three lines laying a goal. But I agree with BJ. Bellingham definitely makes a difference compared to Calvin Phillips last year. But the United States will have some attacking threat here. England's defense, is, you know the second half, they were up a lot of goals. But once Moon came on, there was vulnerability there. And we keep talking about England as a great defense. That was true, and that may still be true. But I still think with Kyle Walker out and potentially Harry Maguire you know, picking up a knock or two, there could be some problems for them defensively.
1: Yeah, and that, that's kind of how I'm playing this. I, I like the United States. I'll bet the money line. I'll bet a little bit with my heart here. The attacking threat is there. And, and what have we seen out of Gareth Southgate's England forever? When he feels a little nervous about a matchup that he thinks his team can be good at, he puts the handbrake on. And that conservative approach, it just invites variance, invites a coin flip kind of matchup. And I think the United States can hang, like especially in the midfield, the athleticism of of, of Adams, Musa, and McKenney, they can hang with Stu Belling. Like Tyler Adams can basically follow him around all night and negate that advantage. And so I think for the first time in a a World Cup, the United States actually isn't just set up in two low blocks and, and defend against a team like England. They can actually take the game to them a little bit. And they have the attacking players to take advantage of it. Hopefully it's a little chaotic. Hopefully the United States gets the bounce because I'm going to be playing that narrative. I'm going to be playing the U.S. i S I'm mighty scared. Like you guys are of the center back pairing with Tim Ream and Walker Zimmerman. But I also have a little bit of confidence in, in the fullbacks, Anthony Jedi Robinson looked terrific. I think Sergio Des can be a threat. We know that the English flanks are, are, you know, they're suspect at best, especially without Walker. So I think the U S is worth a shot here. A little sprinkle on the money line. It's a day after Thanksgiving, after all, right? Like, why not? All right, let's talk about another marquee matchup. I already gave my thoughts on Japan and Germany. Uh, G- Germany's minus 225 on the money line. Japan's plus 650. The draw here is plus 350. This is a Wednesday 8 a.m. kickoff. BJ, are you joining me
0: on Samurai Blue? Yes, I love Japan. I'm going to take them on the spread plus one at plus 115. Like you mentioned, Japan is set up just so perfectly to bait Germany into doing exactly what they want them to do. So, like you already mentioned, they have great ball-controlling center backs in Yoshida and Tomiyasu, who plays at Arsenal. And they love to just, just pass the ball around, let te- invite teams up to press them and just play balls through the lines, get it up, get up to the front line. They have blistering pace with take Fuso Kubo, Minamino, Dachi Kamada has been an incredible form for Frankfurt. They are set up so perfectly to take advantage of Germany, who is very, very open. You know, they they have a new manager. You know, Joaquin Lowe is no longer at the helm. It's Hansi Flick, who formerly managed Bayern Munich. He is ultra, ultra aggressive in terms of his pressing. They want to win the ball back right away. Once they lose it, that sets up perfectly for Japan, who is set up as a direct counterattacking type team that has a ton of talent playing across the big five leagues in Europe. So I'm um, with you. I like Japan plus one at plus 115. I got Germany predicted at minus 150. So still some value on out there on Samurai Blue. Anthony, you got to make it three for three here, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I bet Japan as well. Underdogs day at the world cup, uh, Japan <laughs> plus one plus money is fine. Plus 1.25. You have to lay up a little bit of juice. It's fine as well. Uh, I think this is kind of a bizarre match. Cause we think of Germany, you think of very industrious, very physical. They're definitely a more technical and more, uh, you know, skilled the German team in terms of, uh, you know, uh, touch and, and, ball playing ability with, you know, with Musiala expected to start, uh, Gnabry potentially, Timo Werner is, of course, not with the team, but they also won't have Leroy Sané for this match. So they do lose a little bit of the attacking depth and numbers they're used to having. We do expect mower to start. Interested to see if Havertz does. I'm not sure that he will. So there's there's some serious question marks about this German attack and like who the focal point is. Who do they run up as the number nine and how do they get the ball to him? Do they play the back three or the back four? If it is the back four, Rudiger and Sula, they play super high. Japan has pace to get in behind, like BJ mentioned, and, and Minamino and, and Kubo are, are excellent at ball receiving and, and making things happen in the penalty area. I think there's definitely some vulnerabilities here for Germany. And, and like we mentioned, like, like Michael mentioned, when when they lose the ball, there are still problems. I mean, they played the Nations League this summer. They conceded every match, at least one goal. They lost to Hungary. They had a lot of draws, a lot of back and forth. Like the attack will create chances. But a kimmich Gundawan midfield with some questionable fullbacks, and a very high line is just a little bit light for me in terms of defensive quality. And I think it may hurt them uh, in this tournament defensively. So I still have question marks that Germany's really made big improvements from, from the team that we saw at the Euros, which was a good team, but not a team that didn't have flaws.
1: Uh, yeah. I think the market's is just overlooking Japan here. I talked about the styles make fights narrative. The Japanese team is, is pretty versatile too. Like they can do whatever the game kind of asks of them. They're athletic. They're quick. They can defend. Like BJ said, they can put the ball on the carpet and knock it around a little bit. It's a weird matchup. It's almost like Japan plays more like the the German style of soccer now than than Japan, uh, that Germany does. So that Bundesliga, go go go, gig impress. press. And I think it could give Germany some serious issues.
2: Yeah, and the market has moved toward Japan here. I mean, this was a plus one and a half when the market opened. Uh, you know, when limits went up a couple of weeks ago, and it's come down considerably, as well as Japan's odds to advance. And that's one dog that's moved down, as well as the other one that we're about to talk about. So there has been market movement toward the toward Japan here, pretty solidly. People
1: probably have been listening to us for the past two weeks talk about Japan and this other underdog, as Anthony alluded to. Uh, this is a Wednesday two p.m. kickoff. Belgium minus one eighty-two. Their odds on to get all three points against Canada, our friends up north. The Maple Leafs are five to one. The draw here is plus three twenty. Bj. The best way I could put this to you is it feels like Belgium is still being priced like Belgium of 2016 or Belgium of 2018.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. For people who don't know, the golden generation of Belgium is completely over. Outside of really Kevin De Bruyne, they don't, all the players we used to know really well, like Romelu Lukaku, Eden Hazard, Dries Mertens they're all on the wrong side of 30 or injured. Romelu Lukaku is not going to play for this match. Eden Hazard hasn't been effective for two years at Real Madrid. So their attack is basically just going to be reliant on Kevin De Bruyne, who is still one of the best midfielders in the entire world, but he doesn't have the wealth of talent around him like he does at Manchester city. And, you talked about styles make fights. This is a perfect styles make fights matchup too, because Canada is the most direct team in this entire world cup field. They sit back in a four, four two, they are a little aggressive with their pressing, but they look to get forward at any chance. Once they get the ball and look to counter team. So they will be perfectly fine sitting in a deep low block conceding possession to Belgium. And when they actually do get in transition, there are a lot of question marks with Belgium right now. If you look at their wing backs, it's going to be Castane and Carrasco. Like that's not great in terms of defending when you have Ty Buchanan and Alfonso Davies coming at you with blistering pace. The back three is also a concern. Do they opt to go with experience or do they go with youth? Do they go with Wout face or Arthur theater? Or do they go back to Jan Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld? Like any option of that is not good anymore. So Canada with the pace they have going forward, they have a striker who's in the absolute form of his life. Jonathan David has 10 expected goals for Lille; that's third best in in Europe's top five leagues. Canada is an absolute live dog in this matchup. I mean, in the midfield for Belgium, you know, Yuri Tillemans is obviously he's fantastic in terms of ball progression and dribbling, but he doesn't do much defensive work. So they're essentially relying just on a 33 year old Axel Vietzel to be their main defending in transition in the midfield. That's not good. So Canada is absolutely live in this matchup. So I like them plus one, uh, minus at minus one ten. Also don't hate a uh, potentially both teams to score as well. But yeah, I think Canada is a big, big live dog uh, in this final match on Wednesday.
1: And we talked about the manager for Germany, Hansi Flick. He's a foot all the way down on the gas pedal kind of manager. Roberto Martinez is sort of like that. He's much more romantic, right? He, Anthony, he wants his team to put the ball on the ground and, and entertain more than anything. And I think that plays into Belgium's weaknesses more than anything.
2: To an extent. Yeah. I think that uh, Belgium is a team that needs to have the ball to be effective. Like you mentioned with Martinez, like they want to, you know, show their, their technical ability and their flair and, and their quality, uh, but they don't have a great plan to win the ball back when they lose it. And I think we saw them get exposed in that at the Euros last year, when they played Denmark, when they played Italy, Uh, teams that were more effective out of possession that were able to win the ball. And then Belgium was like, okay, now what do we do? And they went very direct as a result. This is a little bit different because I think Canada will sit deep and we'll see possession. question is will Belgium overpower Canada and their defensive low block and, and create a bunch of big chances? Who's doing that, right? Michi Batshuayi is the expected striker. Maybe they'll go to Doku for more direct play, but like there's just not a lot to love about this Belgium team anymore. How many... How many players would you say are Champions League level players that are going to start for Belgium tomorrow? It's probably two or three. Not counting court, you know, in counting courtois, maybe four. Like there's just not the same level of talent. Whereas the best player on the pitch is De Bruyne. The second and third might be Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies. We do not have official word on whether Davies is going to start. He did get hurt last week playing for Bayern Munich right before the World Cup. The rumor is that he's going to start. I'm going to be waiting, you know. I would not bet Canada at plus one unless you know he's in. So maybe wait, to see if we get more news here. So it's just a lean for me at the current number. But I think for a tournament setup, Canada is very well set up here. Defend deep, get the ball to Davies. Davies is the counterattack. And then he gets the ball to David with Buchanan and, and kind of Laren, you know, in the mix there to help out and, and provide some auxiliary shots. So I think that this is a, a very interesting group and a very interesting matchup. And I like Canada with the goal as well.
1: Uh, yeah, I like Canada on the money line. I think that... We we kind of saw it with Wales. We talked about it with Wales. There there is such a thing as as a good tournament team. You see it even in Champions League or Europa League, whatever. If you have a team that is just going to be on the same page, everyone knows their roles and they they play them, there's no freelancing involved. You're going to be tough to beat in a 90-minute match of soccer. I think that's what Canada is. They're going to be a very well-organized defensive side who knows the right time to spring a counter to to look for davies or to look for david or kyle laren uh, going forward and to to try to pick apart this belgian team when they when they do give up possession like anthony said like germany a little bit like they're a little bit of a mess going the other way when they have to turn around and show their numbers to canada it's going to be a bit of a problem and i think that's where they can be had and just generally i think that this market is is too hot on on belgium i think you know like i said to bj i think they're being priced like one of the tournament favorites. And I think that they're not, I think that they kind of belonged in that tier that we saw uh, Denmark come in, you know, that 28 to one range, right? The next kind of stepping stone to uh, when we get to the long shots, I don't think Belgium should be priced as a favorite in the tournament. I think that this price is a little bit, a little bit too high on on the red devils here. So I'll be on the Maple Leafs as well. It looks like a lot of pain, Japan, Canada, a couple of <laughs> big dogs, uh, for the boys on 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 Wednesday, 8 a.m. for Germany and All Japan, right. 2 p.m. for Belgium and Canada. All right, uh, let's wrap this thing up. We'll quickly run through some other bets we like. We'll start with you, BJ.
0: Yeah, on on Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Brazil Serbia. I like over two and a half goals at minus 125. Brazil probably has the most attacking talent of anybody in this entire World Cup field. From Neymar, Venetius Junior, Rafinha. Richarlis and the list just goes on and on. The amount of attacking wealth that this team has. They're also incredibly possession dominant. They're very, very good at combination passes, getting the ball moved quickly up the pitch. It's why you saw them create 2.17 expected goals per 90 minutes throughout World Cup qualifying and Copa America. Serbia is a team that relies on a lot of aggression, a lot of physicality, but they also press a ton. They're very, very aggressive. They want to win the ball back. It creates open matches it's why you saw them their matches average 3.1 expected goals during world cup qualifying and serbia and so brazil probably will put the ball in the back then twice but serbia definitely can threaten this brazil defense because where's the weakest part of the brazil defense it's on it's their wing backs. they're going to go with danilo and a 39 year old danny alaves and what does Serbia primarily want to do? Once they get the ball, they want to get the ball out wide to Dusan Tadic or Filip Kostic. And they're just going to swing in cross after cross after cross to Vlahovic and Mitrovic or Jovic, whoever's combination is starting up top. And if you're not ready to defend crosses or, defend or to win aerial duels, Serbia is going to punish you. So don't be surprised to see the Serbians put the ball in the back of the net at least one times, but I have 2.99 goals projected for this match. I think we're going to see a very, very open match, especially if Brazil goes up one, nothing Serbia is going to become incredibly open. So I uh, like over two and a half goals at minus minus one twenty five.
1: Anthony, what else are you looking at these next three days?
2: Yeah, as good as Brazil wasn't qualifying their defense, definitely a little bit due to concede some more goals here. We're going back to Iran. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's terrible. Look, they played really poorly in the opening match against England. I thought Kiros made some very interesting tactical decisions in that match, you know, and some also some personnel decisions that were interesting to me, you know, keeping a couple guys out as Moon coming in really late, not starting, wasn't 100% fit. I think that it was a little bit of a we don't want to go all out to win this match when we know our bread is going to be buttered in this group on the final two matches against Wales and the United States. And the whale, the Welsh side are just not great as a favorite. They're not great as a team who's going to be asked to have the ball. They are not used to having possession when they played in European qualifying, when they played in the Nations League, when they played in the World Cup playoffs, when they played against the United States. They're very more comfortable springing attacks from deeper positions and from sitting deeper and, and you know going more direct when needed or relying on set pieces like Bale when needed. The market has overreacted here. I mean, Wales was plus 140, 145 on the look ahead. One bad result where, yeah, England dominated the match. They created a little over two expected goals, just scored every chance. That line has gone all the way down to plus 105 now. It's time to buy Iran again. We can't overreact to one match. I think with draw protection built in here, these two teams kind of nullify each other. It could be a bit of a stalemate. I don't really trust Wales to get margins. So I'm taking Iran plus a half. Once again, betting Iran. uh, Hopefully they don't let me down once again.
1: I've got good news for you. I like Iran as well. I like them on the money line. You, You nailed it, right? This Welsh team just does not profile well as a favorite. We'd say the same thing about Iran, right? If this if the script was flipped and Iran was the team that was the favorite, we'd be like, they they're not gonna have they're not gonna do well with the ball. And if, if Wales was the underdog, we'd be like, oh, we're all over Wales. Uh, neither one of these teams want the ball, and the script should play into Iran's favor. They should sit back and let the Welsh players who are not good with it at their feet, you know, knock around. They'll be able to pick off a mistake or two, and hopefully punish the Welsh and punish those who are backing the welsh what i think is a, a crazy number i don't really see too much in between these two sides i think they're both teams that i want to bet when they're at big prices because they're masters at staying in games so give me iran 3 to 1 uh, or better i think is a great price a couple other live underdogs i think coming up these next 3 days you you touch about uh, touch on morocco this croatian team sort of like that belgian argument i made they're being priced like the defending runners up of the world cup and I know that they are, but that was four years ago. This team is way past its prime. I just don't think they're going to be able to stay, stick with the Moroccan energy. We've seen a couple of teams like Tunisia, uh, even Australia for a little bit against France. Like if, if, if you have the energy, if you're able to just kind of hang around in games, you can punish teams. It's like You shouldn't just automatically assume that because Croatia is a much better team and much more talented and much uh, have a better pedigree than Morocco, that they're just going to roll here. I like uh, Morocco plus 275. And last one, our old Arthur. friends. Ecuador, four to one. Uh, they are, they look good against Qatar. BJ's Qatar. Um, they they're another energetic team. They ha- they can attack like Moises Casado was all over the place on Sunday against Qatar. And I know Qatar looked bad. And the Netherlands is a completely different beast. But four to one on a consumable team that has energy they're a robust team, they're physical, they're quick, they're athletic. They can probably take advantage of some Dutch mistakes here. And I wasn't all that impressed with the Netherlands against Senegal, who you know have some similar traits to Ecuador. So I'll take the four to one money line price on Ecuador and you know, hope to God that, as Anthony said, the underdogs continue to bark here or start barking outside of Saudi Arabia in this World Cup. And with that, we'll bring the show to a close. We'll be back again on Friday to talk about the next three games. We'll talk about what happened maybe with the US. Hopefully they get a win. Uh, but for BJ Cunningham, for Anthony Debundo, I'm Michael Ebuff. Thank you again to our sponsors, Bet365. This has been Wonder Gold Live World Cup edition.